0: Oh, yeah.
1: cool. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Are we officially on and recording? We're recording, yes, sir. Great. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, I see we have a visitor finally. Apologies to anybody that's been trying to sign in without technical difficulties. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Jack, you uh, accounts payable for us? You no, know, accounts payable are very modest this week. I think it's the second lowest, other than when
2: we zero it out on Thanksgiving. Um, there's a $701 in accounts payable plus uh, payroll and payroll burden for a total of
3: $18,038.04. Nothing
0: of significance to know. Mr. Chairman,
3: I move to approve the accounts
0: and I will second that. We have a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Consent check
2: Yes. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I move to improve the consent items A and B.
0: Second. We have a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Uh, it is time for public comment. I don't see anybody from the public. or either of you here to make public comment today? <laughs> I mean, it is your right as citizens. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close public comment at this time and come back to our next agenda item, which is uh, Dan Sternad will be talking to us about our uh, 2022 budget and uh, levy of property tax. Dan?
4: Morning, everybody. Good um, morning.
3: I love your picture. What is that? It's a wave.
4: A wave. Yes, yes,
0: Dan. Yeah, he's surfing. You see him right there. In the middle
1: of the- <laughs> he's in the curl. Yeah, the
4: <laughs> I'm in Hawaii right now, in the pipeline. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So, um, first thing we, you know, we had, we uh, we had a, a little bit of a scheduling opportunity when we uh, met for the public hearing. So this is actually our public hearing. I would like to read just an overview of the uh, 2022 budget and then we can ask for public comment on the budget. And then if there is uh, what happens after that, then we can uh, approve the, uh, or discuss and approve the um, budget resolution and then also the mill levy resolution. Does that sound like a plan? Great plan Dan, please okay. proceed. All right, so we got the 22 budget overview, the 22 Rock County budget projects uh, 78,294,000 in revenues and 87,072,000 in expenses resulting in 778 thousand dollars of expenses over revenues and after removing 541,000 of non-cash expenses such as depreciation, the use of reserves is $8,237,000. The 2022 budget, as compared to the 2021 budget, includes a uh, $14,368,000 or 22% increase in revenues and an $18 million or 31% uh, uh, or 26% increase in expenses. Revenues and expenditures, uh, <clears throat> uh, reserves, revenue and expenditures and reserves are balanced 20 years into the future. Um, any. Public comment. Is there anybody that's going to comment? Um, uh, maybe we'll just
0: uh, before we, I don't think there's anybody here for public comment, but okay. before that maybe some, uh, any questions or comments from the
1: commissioners? I don't have
3: any questions. Thanks for all your work on this, stand, And as always appreciate the um, focus looking forward and keeping the budget
4: balanced out 20 years. Thank you. And thanks to all of our staff, too, the department heads and the subject matter experts in the departments and and all the people in the accounting department.
2: And I'd just like to thank you for your patience and your education with me over the last year. (laughs) Um, You've got me up to speed, and I do appreciate that. Thank you.
4: You're welcome.
0: Yeah, I just want to emphasize, and I think you said it uh, in your comments, Dan, but the looking out 20 years into the future, uh, this budget continues the practice that Rao County has of pay as you go for all of our assets. Is that correct?
5: Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, and I think it's important to acknowledge that uh, it's obvious that this budget does. Uh, recognize a a significant increase in revenues over what we've had in the past, but those funds are largely uh, dedicated funds, uh, such as improvements of the airport and uh, ARPA funds that will be dedicated to infrastructure and other projects. Is that correct?
1: Um,
4: As far as the airport, yes, ARPA has not been included in the budget yet. We haven't decided on what the projects are.
0: But nonetheless, uh, these uh, increased revenues that we've had, it's not as if we're uh, fattening up our reserves or anything like that. We're just taking care of business the way we always have. It.
4: Correct. Yes. We're uh, you know, a lot of it has to do, you know, there is a revenue side that that we had with like sales tax and and real estate fees and uh, use tax to a certain extent, building and auto use tax that has changed significantly throughout COVID. And then we also had the influx of um, uh, the CARES Act money at the airport and what have you out there. And then we're also building the, uh, uh, starting the construction of the uh, Health and Human Services building, which is representative of what that decrease is in in reserves out there. And that's a $14.1 million building.
0: Without borrowing money.
4: Without borrowing money. Mm -hmm.
0: Great. any public comment?
3: I just had a question.
0: Um, Rob right, you should come up to where you can be heard on the OWL.
6: Oh yeah, um, Dan. Just uh, I'm just writing something so that the public gets this. Could you said so quickly the um, the numbers for the budget. Could you just repeat that slowly so I can get it right? Could you just email Robin the thing that you were reading
3: to us? Yeah,
4: I could do that too. Um, that yeah, a- yeah, that, that,
6: that's fine. That's fine. That would be that would be helpful. Thank yeah. you.
4: Okay. I mean, I
3: memorized all the numbers. As you were saying, <laughs> <but> I don't <laughs> know that quite as <laughs> well. <it.
0: laughs>
3: all right. Uh,
0: so uh, there is no public here to make public comments. So I'll close public comment. and Come back uh, and entertain a motion to approve the budget. Uh, we
4: need a uh, resolution, right? Yeah, it was 089. 8, okay. Um, okay. I can. Uh, want me to introduce it? Yeah, that'd be great. Please go ahead, Dan. We have resolution number 2021-089, a resolution appropriating sums of money to various funds and spending agencies in the amounts and for the purposes as set forth below, and adopting a budget for the county of Route, Route Colorado for the calendar year beginning on the first day of January 2022 and ending on the last day of December 2022. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of County Commissioners of the County of Colorado that the following sums for personnel, operations, capital, debt service, interfund loans, and transfers are hereby budgeted and appropriated from the revenue of each fund and or department to each fund and or department for the purposes stated.
3: I so moved.
4: I will second that.
3: We have a motion and a
0: second. Um, I would like to note that. Uh, each of of us would have the opportunity to uh, vote no on individual line items as uh, presented. So if any one of you would like to pull one of those or have the opportunity to identify a line item that you did not agree with, now is your opportunity to do that.
7: I am fine with it.
0: We have a motion and a second.
4: Uh, hearing no further discussion, all those in favor say aye. 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 Okay, Dan, next up. Uh, we have- uh, That's right. Yeah, we got the, re- the millage. So, we have resolution 20-21-090, a resolution levying general property taxes for the year 2021 to help defray the cost of government for the county of Colorado For the 2022 budget year. Now, therefore, it be resolved by the Board of County Commissioners of Route County, Colorado that for the purpose of meeting all general operating costs of the County of Route during the 2022 budget year, there is hereby levied a total tax of 16.991 mils upon each dollar of the total valuation for assessment of all taxable property within Route County for the year 2021 as stated below.
3: Hey, Dan. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the document that's posted online,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it has the 2020, it has last year's dates in it, and I'm not sure if it is just the dates that are wrong, or if the numbers are incorrect as well.
2: We're, we're. Yeah,
0: she's correct. Everything here says uh, is uh, resolution 2020. It goes on to talk about uh levy taxes for the year 2020 to help defray costs for 2021. You re- what you read into the record had the correct dates on it. We just want to ensure that it wasn't just the, the, the years that were stated incorrectly that we're not possibly looking at last year's form.
4: Well let me okay um I, I what I got in front of me look I, I like what I've got in front of me. Let me make sure what um um, actually get signed. How's that?
0: Well, just to be clear, then, uh, looking at the numbers, it, uh, it says gross 2020 property tax revenue of hmm. $22,844,000. $22, is is it just the year that's wrong or is the corresponding number incorrect? And then at the bottom, it says... Yeah, that correct. isn't
4: right. Yeah, that is yeah. the, the total property tax should be 22374000 Okay. Will you will you email all of us, including yeah. Jen, the one that yeah. you have in front of
0: you? Right. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. And we'll also
4: to Robin, please. Yeah. So we, we get it terribly. Yeah. Okay.
0: Agenda as well. Yes. So just for the record, Dan, why don't you also read the top line gross property tax revenue and read in the net twenty. Uh, the net property tax okay and and the mill
4: uh, no levy and the, and the net mill no levy okay um, gross 2021 property tax revenue is twenty four million nine hundred eighty four thousand and forty eight dollars net 2021 property tax is twenty two million three hundred seventy four thousand one hundred and seven dollars um, and then for the uh, mill levy the gross mill levy for 2021. Uh, is 18.973 mils, and net 2021 mil levy is 16.991 mils. Very good. I just have one
3: question.
4: Um,
3: Dan, there's that line item that's called temporary property tax credit. Is that what some other folks refer to as a TABOR
4: refund, that number? It it is a a TABOR temporary property tax credit.
0: That's how much the mill levy needed to be reduced in order to ensure that we did not collect more than what we're allowed to undertake.
3: And just to clarify, if we were de we would retain that amount
4: of money, correct? Or or put another way, it could be the amount that our assessed, you know, like we could see that kind of decrease in our assessed valuation uh, basically out there, which we could then increase our mill levy by.
3: Thank you.
4: Sorry about the opportunity we had again here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's all opportunities around it, here, Dan. It, it
0: just ensures that the commissioners are paying attention. Thanks for that, yeah. um, Thank did you. I, did
3: I hear a motion in there? I made the last one. So, we'll
2: so moved.
1: Yes. It's seconds. Okay, I right.
3: guess I'll
0: second. Right. <laughs> we have a uh, motion and a second. Uh, Resolution, let me. Property taxes. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 I have a quick question, Dan. Since this is a a, a reassessment year, does that temporary rate reduction that would apply to all taxpayers, correct?
1: For
4: Route County, it's held proper, yes.
0: So, in effect, that uh, uh, would reduce my personal property tax, my property tax on my house this year coming here?
4: Well, um, I- it's, well it's all relative from year to year. We always have that, okay? Because if we were ever to go above that temporary tax credit, then we would have to basically reduce our property taxes. So that's where like, say like if the mine and the uh, power plant were to decrease assessed value and waste more than that 2.7 million out there, um, then we would have our mill levy would become fixed. And then we would have to basically lower property tax at that time. What I anticipate happening out there is, uh, is um, given what we see right now, as far as an increase in, in property values and what have you, and um, that we are under TABOR, is that this, this temporary property tax credit will actually grow because our assessed valuation is going to get even higher and our milling is going to probably go down even more.
1: So, but
3: I think Dan's saying, because we have that type of a credit every year, you wouldn't really see a significant change in your property taxes as a result of that because we had it last year, too. I'm
1: just That's thinking in a
0: year where, uh, where we're a reassessment year, so my... Uh, assessed
4: property value will not go up this year well, on average it went up right uh for the county approximately nine percent as a county as a whole okay. okay yeah
0: so my property value may have risen okay and next year we anticipate a major correct
3: yeah. okay but that would be the effect
0: until 2020. Right. Yeah. all right dan uh, thank you very much okay Doing good work i appreciate it. we know what a long haul it is for, as you said thanks to all the county staff for putting all of this together uh, we know it's an arduous process that we have to do it i think we do a good job of it so thank you
4: thank you too and uh you guys if i don't see it between now and christmas have a merry christmas you too you man. as well merry christmas, thank you all
0: right, I see Eric is with us. Is, is it possible that Linnea will not be uh, joining us for this 20-second consecutive time
1: of a disaster declaration? Eric? Oh, we're too. Are we early? Yeah, I, Yeah. is planning
5: on presenting that. Oh, she is? Yes. Be
0: available or?
5: Sure, we I'll ask. Re-
0: you. Or should we recess for 10 minutes?
5: If that's your call. But I'll I'll ask. I'll step over and ask her to join you.
1: Good Good morning. So excited to see you again. Uh,
3: We are here for our monthly resolution continuing the Declaration of Global Disaster. This will be the 22nd declaration. Uh, The purpose of the declaration is um, primarily to ensure we continue to be eligible for funding. We have been doing this on a monthly basis, following the state's need. The last resolution of the state was done on November 29th, 21. Uh, This declaration would extend the current one for another 30
1: days, and would therefore continue to effect. You're looking for an expiration date, are you? Well, I think
3: I wrote the resolution incorrectly. Um, I have December 28th
1: on the declaration, and I did not believe that staff days. seems to be struggling with what calendar year.
3: Right? Well, it should be 30 days from um. Whenever the last one it will be thirty days, days that the last one expires. Yes, and I can
0: double check that um, date and make that correction. Was
1: December twenty eighth? Was December twenty eighth?
3: Oh, December twenty eighth should be last. January twenty eighth,
0: twenty twenty two. Yep. I apologize. Are there uh, any questions for Lynette before we
3: utter- before I entertain a motion?
2: No, I
0: have
3: I'm ready for a motion. Mr. Chairman, I need to approve resolution 22.091, resolution for our county board of county commissioners continue with the declaration of global disaster, that uh, that the uh, will continue in effect through January 28th of 2022.
0: I will second that. We have a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Okay. Aye. Aye. I think we should go ahead
1: and just recess until 10-15, uh, and Christy will be here. Are we on? We're here for our 10:15 uh, 15 item, uh, it's consideration
0: of tabling a hearing for Twin Landfill. Uh, Alan, what are we doing here?
2: uh yeah so we are tabling the hearing for twin landfill staff wanted to have a discussion with the applicant about the conditions of approval prior to the staff report for planning commission being distributed and uh (coughs) due to scheduling conflicts we weren't able to to accomplish that and so planning commission tabled their hearing until after the holidays and so this hearing needs to get tabled until after planning commission. So uh I have checked with Jen and there is time on the agenda for February 1st at 935 So uh the motion whoever's making the motion it's gonna be February February 1st at nine thirty-five. Thank you.
1: I just have a quick
0: question. Is this a renewal? Uh it's um, an a,
2: it's, it's an amendment. Okay. Nice. Great. Um Mr. Chair, Chair yes um, I move to table the, the planning hearing to February 1st at 9:35. Have
0: to include the uh, item number? Is there an item number there?
2: There should be in the. Uh, it is. Uh, that is PL 2021-0002, and I move to table the hearing till February 1st at 9:35.
0: We have a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say
3: aye. 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 Julie. Thanks. Thank you.
7: Good
3: morning.
8: Good morning. So we are here to request the Board of County Commissioners to approve the Route County Professional Services Agreement. The chair signed the PSA and authorized the county manager to electronically sign the purchase order to CWR Enterprises, LLC, doing business as upsize marketing strategies in the amount not to exceed $135,000. This is a grant, one of the ready match and cash grant we will not need a supplemental budget. And um, the Northwest Colorado Development Council. Yes. Correct. Um, <clears throat> requested the Rock County Purchasing Department go out for um, RFP 730 for an economic development consultant, as we are the fiscal agent for the grant administration. Um, We sent this to nine vendors and advertised both in the paper and on the Routh County website. We received four proposals and the evaluation committee scored the proposals based on five criteria. While Upsize marketing was not the overall score based on their proposal, we did conduct interviews with the top two um, proposers. And it was a unanimous decision after the interviews that um, upsize marketing was hands down the most uh, knowledgeable about what we're looking for and professional. And uh, so all three counties had a vote in this that are part of this council, and it went really well. And I think that uh, we've found somebody that can really stay with this project for the full two years of this grant. Um, any questions?
3: Um, I, this probably is a question for uh, Tim, mm-hmm. or Cameron, but um, I remember that each of the entities is providing a portion of the match.
1: Yes. And
3: can you remind me just what at least what our match is. Is it this one thirty-five, or is some of that offset by other?
2: Some the, the of that is Ours offset. Is okay. okay. You know, it was you know, we did it on a sliding scale. Save the town of Yapa is contributing too much. Yeah.
1: Right. Yep.
3: OK, thanks for that.
0: You're welcome.
3: Any other questions?
0: None. I'm ready for a motion.
3: Mr. Chairman, I move um, to approve the Robb County Professional Services Agreement and authorize your signature on the PSA and the County Manager's electronic signature on the purchase order to CWR Enterprises LLC, doing business as Upsize Marketing Strategies, in the amount not to exceed one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. Second. You have a motion and a second. Is there any
0: discussion? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Uh, we might as well go ahead and recess again until ten thirty.
3: Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I think for
3: budget, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we have some mutual. Uh-oh.
0: All right, got to watch right. out
3: for those. We
0: are here to talk about ambulance licenses. Well, what have you got for us?
7: Okay. Good morning, uh, Commissioners, kind of manager. Um, this is that time of year where we have to renew our licenses and permits. Um, just as a reminder, the uh, licenses are assigned to the providers or the stations. Um, the permits belong in each actual apparatus that's used to uh, transport personnel. Per state statute, Route County provides approval and ambulance licensing for any ambulance operating in Route County. The Board of County Commissioners has delegated a task of compiling, reviewing, and recommending ambulance licensing to the Route County EMS Council. Uh, Chief Sarah is with us today as the chair of that EMS Council, uh, and the licenses needed to be reviewed on an annual basis. Uh, so the recommended action is that the Route County EMS Council recommends the Uh, Renewal of ambulance licensing for the following agencies, Steamboat Springs Fire Department, West Route Fire Protection District, Oak Creek Fire Protection District, Yampa Fire Protection District, North Route Fire Protection District, 20 Mile Coal Company, Event Medical Solutions Unlimited, LLC, and the Memorial Hospital. All right. Any questions? No, I have no questions at
2: this point. All right. If if you're ready, ready. Uh, Um, Mr. Chair, I move to uh, approve the recommendation of the Route County EMS Council uh, for renewal of ambulance licensing for the following agencies. agencies: Steamboat Springs Fire District, West Route Fire Protection District, Oak Creek Fire Protection District, Yampa Fire Protection Protection District, North Route Fire Protection District. 20 Mile Coal Company, Event Medical Solutions Unlimited, LLC, and the Memorial Hospital.
0: We have a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Aye.
1: Thank you very much. You must have a stack of those. Yes, sir, I do. And I can probably pick these up. Let's go into,
0: let's recess until uh, our next item at 1050.
3: I have another re- resolution for your consideration this morning. This is in regard to the use of referees for Board of Equalization and Abatement hearings. Uh, you may recall earlier in the year you requested our office to do some research into the use of those um, hearing referees, and we presented that information to you. At that time, you gave us ter- direction to move forward um, with action to get that in place. So um, the resolution before you today authorizes that use and then um, directs the County Manager's Office to actually provide notice, um, accept applications. So then at the beginning of the year, at some point, you guys can actually make appointment of those referees. So this is just an authorization. Of the process.
0: We could still choose not to do it.
3: Um, Absolutely. Um, For well, well, for any reason. And you know, that could be a possibility. Um, Potentially concerns about um, getting enough applicants. Um, Anyone that would be selected will need to um, sign an agreement. So, while it's a somewhat similar process, for example, when you appoint planning commission members, one of the differences is here they will be signing a professional services agreement with us. Um, So, it's not a volunteer opportunity, such as the planning commission. Questions or comments? Um, Just one question about the wording of the resolution. So item C, it says shall make appointments for hearings occurring in 2022. Do you think that language is too narrow? I mean, does that authorize us to do this after 2022? Um, The the contemplation was that the appointments would be for a year at a time, not the process. So... um, um, it was not intended to be limiting.
1: Um,
0: replace the word beginning or the replaced the word end with the word beginning or insert the word or,
1: or replace the word occurring with beginning. I. Sounds good. I just was, I guess, confirming that we're not, not going to need to do this
3: resolution every year. Right, that wasn't the intention,
2: correct? Okay, it almost kind of read like it had to happen, right. That's why I was asking.
1: Okay, that's it.
3: Um, what number we have 092? Correct, great. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I move to approve resolution 2021 092, a resolution regarding the use of referees and board of equalization and abatement hearings of
7: Second.
0: We have a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? Sure. none not, all those in favor say aye. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Let's go ahead and recess for another five minutes. Our meeting is mo- Let's go ahead and talk about yes. <laughs> our Commissioner District boundaries. Well. Yeah. This
9: resolution that's in front of you um, has been drafted, and the legal description for each three of the districts correspond to the first plan that you guys approved in an earlier meeting. And So it's basically with um, maintaining the districts as close to what it is now. And we need. Um, This sign, so that we can proceed with redistricting in our score voter registration system.
10: And then in a couple
9: weeks, we're going to be coming to you to get a
1: precincting resolution approved. Emmy, you want to come up and join us for a second? So
0: Emmy Keeling, our GIS coordinator, was the individual who actually produced the maps. Evan, you want to take a quick second to describe how you went about doing that?
9: Uh, For the commissioner districts, I took the um, 2010 commissioner districts and compared them to uh, the population that came back for the 2020 census. And we weren't off by all that much um, from the previous districts. So I just needed to make some minor adjustments to the boundary lines to balance the population out a little bit
0: closer. Pretty simple, straightforward piece of math.
9: I don't know if I call it math, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, moving the boundaries around just slightly.
0: Right. Well, we appreciate you getting that done for us. It's something we have to do, yeah. and I think that. Pretty much what I saw accurately reflected the direction that we gave, which was to keep it as close as possible to
9: what we have now. Um, yeah, Emmy and her team have spent a lot of time between the redistricting and the representing, and Tom Effinger jumped in to help provide some assistance with the legal descriptions. And then also I didn't bring it in with me, but Emmy did also come up with the map that's going to be recorded with the resolution.
3: Um, and we have that in our agenda. Right. Yeah. Yes. I'm not I'm seeing a
0: couple of staff members attending. We have a couple of audience members. Is anybody would anybody like to make any public comment on this before we take action? I'm not seeing any raised hands. I'm gonna close public comment I'm ready to entertain a motion. All right. Mr. Chair,
2: um, I move to approve resolution. a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Route County, Colorado, concerning changes in the boundaries of the Route County commissioner districts due to the 2020 federal census.
0: Second. We have a motion and a second. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Um,
3: for me, so these maps go into effect for the next election cycle, correct?
1: Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for all your hard work on this. Yes. Thank you. You're the one.
3: I don't know. Kim is the, oh no, she has to come back for recreation. We were just at, Jay was asking if
1: this is your last official. Go and I then- Good morning, Kevin. Uh, what have you got for us today? Good morning, uh, commissioners.
5: Um, this is uh, kind of the formal portion of part of what we presented last week with Mead and Hunt. It's for the car wash facility, the rental car car wash facility. And we're requesting um, authorization for you to sign an amendment to the Mead and Hunt uh agreement to move forward with planning and rfp um on the car wash facility so i can review uh, if needed or um just see if there's any questions on on this
0: why don't you just give uh, for the record a quick high level overview of,
5: of what is
0: being built
5: sure so um As, uh, as you know, but, um, we have three rental car companies on airport rental car companies, um, Avis budget kind of combined two into one and then Hertz. They provide most of our rental cars to our passengers here. Um, they have an on airport refueling, uh, station that was paid for with rental car funds, um, years ago, um, And what they've requested and this project um, basically fulfills that request is the ability to fund and build a car wash facility um, basically adjacent to the car refueling um, facility that exists today. uh, Along with paving the access road, Piper Lane um, to get to it, and then creating some overflow parking for them. So um, we will fund the project uh, primarily with existing um, customer facility charges, CFCs, which are collected on every rental car um, that's rented at the airport. And we, we the, those funds come to us, the airport, and then we keep them in a, in a separate account to be used only for um, costs that support the rental car business at the airport. So we have about 1.8 million in that account and that will cover the majority of the costs that we're, that Mead and Hunt currently has estimated for this project. Um, we expect to be able to, or be, to have to cover about, I think I've got $206,000 uh, at current estimates um, that we will cover with airport reserves and then pay ourselves back through the customer facility charges that will be collected moving forward so um, all of that's been agreed to with the rental car companies it's directly in line with how we're supposed to collect and use um, customer facility charges and um, and so that's the project just to create a, a structure with three wash bays in it two to be used by the existing uh, rental car companies and one for future growth um, and then all the infrastructure that goes with that as far as water, power, um, and heat for the facility. Great. Thank you for that, Kevin. Any uh,
0: questions or comments for Kevin? No. no. Nope. I would just uh,
1: point out something that Commissioner
0: Redmond pointed out in our conversation earlier, which is this, uh, in terms of public safety, we're preventing quite a bit of traffic up and down from the airport into uh, Hayden
5: by virtue of doing this. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a great point. And, and I would just say that that is just going to increase over time. So um, whatever the traffic flow is now, I was just talking to the rental car companies this morning and they've run out of space to store rental cars right now. So um, there's a there's a big demand. There's a lot of people coming through the airport this season and next season. Uh, we expect that to grow uh, again. And the demand for rental cars um, has only increased over time. And that's what we anticipate will continue to increase. So yeah. So that traffic flow um, will only get, uh, will only increase over time.
0: Which, so this mitigates that. We're going to prevent a bunch of cars from being transported back and forth in the day.
5: Exactly. Yep.
3: Great. I'm ready for a motion. Great. Um, Mr. Chairman, I move to approve and authorize your signature on Amendment 11 to the professional services agreement between Rock County and Meade and Hunt for fiscal year 21 and 22 in support of design and construction of a rental car car wash facility. Second. We have a motion and a second. Is there any
0: discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Thank you very much, Gavin.
5: Keep Thank you, Commissioners. Keep All
0: right. up the good work out there.
5: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: We have another recess until 1130. Uh, we have an 1130 a.m. item J. What have you got for us? Thank you for Robin for all
2: our work in the county. We're transitioning uh, out of a uh, contract position to a full-time position in January. So this was an opportunity to thank Robbie for her oh, service. She's one. still <laughs> gonna be working with the finance department, so you'll still see her, but yep. just not in this role. So
0: okay. well, thanks for uh, organizing this, Jack. Well, thanks, Jenny. <laughs> 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 So yeah, Ron, thank you. You know, when you came on, uh, we have never had uh, anybody do communications for the Round County Commissioners. And uh, I'm not sure that we ever would have moved in that direction had we not been forced into it by COVID-19, but uh, and I, I have to confess that I was one of the stodgy old commissioners that didn't even think it was appropriate for us to spend taxpayer dollars on a communications position. That that was kind of the job of the commissioners. That's what we
6: should do. But I think uh, you introduced a level of professionalism into our communications that never existed before, and you did it at a
1: time when it was
6: most needed uh, here in the county. So thank you very much for the work you did for us. Well, thank you. And, commissioners, it's been a pleasure working with all, all of you and really you are the epitome of dedicated public officials and it's just really um, I admire all of you, and after seeing everything that you've gone through um, it's a really tough job, so um, thank you for doing it and continue to keep doing it, and I hope that you inspire other people to run for office. I think that's what and I was hoping for a picture. <laughs> so i'm going to come over there, do you have a.
0: Duke, to- I just wanted to either either my fellow commissioners would like to
1: add any comments. I would.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know what
2: I was going to to say is what really impressed me is for something that had never existed before, how quickly the community adopted it and came to depend on it. You know, I would come home and. I get quotes from my own family. Well, I don't know if you've seen them. Like, oh, of course, I see, but that's, that's a whole other dynamic. But um, yes, I mean, it, it was very nice to hear people quoting your reports. Um, and at least that way I knew they were getting honest, accurate information.
3: So thank you very much.
6: Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Um, well, I kind of said all this to
3: you yesterday, but I'll say it again anyway because it bears repeating. I cannot believe that you've been here almost two years at this point, and um, I really loved doing strategic planning with you before that. And um, I just am thinking of, you know, March of 2020, and we were running around here like crazy people, and we had these needs to communicate and people like, where's the data? What's the, what's this, what's that? And just demanding and texting with you, like, can you be here at 3 PM today please? <laughs> and you just dove in and, and really, I think as Tim said, brought a level of professionalism and during a, a really, really important time for communication. In and I was mm-hmm. not a scheduled Commissioner, I knew we needed communications, <laughs> but I think, um,
1: there is just no
3: question that the need became so clear during an emergency, right? And just appreciate your service and your willingness to step in and do it. And I know that you some daggers have been thrown at you during this time too. <laughs> yeah. and, and um just really appreciate everything that you oh.
6: Thank you. Thank you. My, my only regret is not having to be able to work with all the different departments. Um, so mainly did public health and COVID, but was able to work with some of the other departments. So what I'm hopeful for is that the new PIO can really help um, with any public facing that's needed for any of the other departments. So thank you. It's been it's been uh, quite a road. I learned a lot about this county. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, great. Come on up. Jen yeah. has.
3: Um, oh. oh, I got video. some swag. All right. Well, I'm sure
11: this is a surprise. <laughs>
3: <laughs> did you pick this out? No, I did not. <laughs> 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 That's a very small smoking. Oh, shit. That's awesome.
6: so you
11: can never forget.
3: Oh, I
6: love it. I don't have to order one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's
2: your red badge of
1: courage. My red yeah. badge of courage. Right, I'm going here for a
3: he used to stand in front of the table, but now there's so many tables here. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thanks, Jay.
3: Great. Thank you. Do you want to pose shaking
1: hands? Or- <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's fine. <laughs> Thank nice. you so much. Thank you. Robin.
2: Thanks, Robin. You can your swag. swag. Yeah.
0: All right. On uh, a lighter note, let's talk about our conversations today. Kathy, if you care to
11: join us on a lighter note.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, the you know, uh, yes. Oh, my
11: pleasure. So um, I do not have any numbers to share with you. Yeah. We have a few hundred things that we're manually still calculating and um, Chris emailed me this morning and between my department and her department, we do hope to have numbers for you next Tuesday. So I apologize for not having that. Um, Trust me, I think it's worthwhile. I know we're down to the wire, but I think it is really important that we do try and put some closure to this for 2022, because the data is gonna continue to change. People are still gonna continue to update their job description. I think it's important that we do try and capture and move forward with the information we have before that dynamic hits us um, at the beginning of 2022. So um, thank you for your patience. I have John Curtis on the line. John is taking a sabbatical for two, two years, John. Um, something close, about 20 months. Um, and this is his last week with Employers' Council, so he very graciously um, said he would join our call to answer maybe any questions you all may have about um, anything that we've discussed to date, uh, implementation, pra- you know, best practices, pitfalls, anything like that, um, that you would like to get from the subject matter expert. That is why he is attending today.
0: John, the uh, Employer's Council logo is uh,
10: backwards in the background there. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's backwards for me. It's, it's, uh, but maybe I need to flip it so it's backwards for me and not for you. But uh, anyway, well, good to be with you again. And uh, that, that was a pretty lofty introduction, Kathy, but thank you uh, for that. Um, so, but I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, whatever questions you have, I'll do my best to uh, give you my thoughts. I have a question for
0: you, Kathy. Please. Do we actually envision having this implemented in
11: time for the first payroll of 2022? I think Jay and I do.
2: We're trying. Okay. I'm just ahead. You know, the first payroll would be on January 15th, so not the first, so we... Right. Got a, a little bit of window, so we're trying to get it in place um, and kind of move forward, so we can start the, you know, the next step of checking out, making sure everything's accurate. Uh, I mean, not that we'd be doing that; that's what we're working on right now. But you know, there's going to be, you know, whether it's a year or two years down the line, we're going to be updating this, so that's going to be here pretty quickly. So the longer we push. This implementation off the more age the data is, and then we're right back at the same spot mm-hmm. here and now, that uh, it occur. So, I
0: totally appreciate the fact that we need to take enough time to get this right. We can't just dive into it. Have you, uh, or has accounting anybody had the opportunity to do some preliminary number crunching to have a concept of whether or not we have set aside enough money? To actually
11: pay for this, that is what we are working on, based on how we want to implement it, with giving people the 4.7, making corrections, um, and not freezing people if they are currently making more than what the, the market bears. So, um, and I and I would like to say, um, you know. I think that the process that John and I have carried out is an accurate process in the sense of, as we've indicated, um, we have provided matches to department heads. They have concurred that those matches are accurate. So um, ideally the numbers, even if they're don't not making someone happy or making someone happy. Those numbers should should be correct. There are some nuances here and there that would cause us to maybe look at things a little bit differently, but I I want to say I, I believe it's accurate. I wouldn't be moving forward if I didn't think it was accurate. And um, and by no means do I want people to be thinking we're pulling things out of the air because um, even even just yesterday you know we had a meeting with. Um, the department and they had questions about you know why why is this role being paid this amount that seems kind of out of whack but but yet john and i reviewed it and um the numbers market did come back with those with those numbers and i don't know why but but they did so um and and that's where i think maybe we need to take another look at it but i don't want people to think that we're Pulling things high in the sky, not having a um, a real good idea of how we're going about this. Um, one thing, um, John, I wanted to ask you. You know, we've been we've been talking about doing a. You know, based on the economy, do we do we Look at these, the market again in a year. Do we look at the market again in two years? Do you have a recommendation on that based on how the economy is going
10: right now? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Kathy. And, and the answer, uh, the classic HR answer is, it all depends, right? But so one of the things that uh, it legal it is, uh, yeah, it works for more than one profession. But, yeah, I mean, I think we'll, we'll all acknowledge that we are a bit in uncharted water with um, COVID and with what is being coined as the great resignation right now. There's, um, if anybody thinks they've got their finger on really what's going on, I would be nervous to, to say that. So what that means is that flexibility, I think flexibility is going to be important. Um, We just, you know, we've aged um, this data at 3.7%. When we began the project, I think we were looking more at 3%. That was six months ago. And I just saw some data earlier this week from the Conference Board, which is a reputable uh, data source, that the number for 2022 is 3.9%. And um, now this is totally my opinion, but I think that if inflation continues to, um, to exert the pressure that it is that 3.9 might be low. And so it's important to remain flexible. And if, if we see this volatility continue, then that would, that would support doing a review sooner than later under normal circumstances. And as thorough as I think Kathy and Jay have been and others in reviewing the information, that um, normally it's two to three years and, and more like three years but um, you'll wanna remain flexible. And um, we did a, a total review here. You, you may feel the need to do ad hoc reviews. If, um, if you're struggling to recruit or retain particular positions, then we might wanna dig in and understand why. It could be a compensation issue. It might also be how the job is structured. It could be any number of things. Um, but if it's a pay issue, then you're gonna wanna address it um, directly with pay. And uh, so, That's kind of a long answer to a short question.
1: Um,
11: Another question I have for you, John, is if the point of us working with Employers Council and you and I going through this process was for um, reliability and repeatability or ease of of that moving forward. um, How easily is it if we wanted to do this again compared to how we carried it out this time, if the positions um, stay intact the way that they
10: are? Right, now great question. So if we go with the assumption that nothing's changed, then that update will be um, much quicker because we have the matches. So it's just simply updating the market data and then generating reports. So one, it's faster and two, it's gonna be a lot more cost effective for you um, as an organization second time around.
11: And I hate to say this, but is it like half? Or what, what percentage of, of the total you know, comp study would that, would that look
10: like, do you think? Yeah, um, and, and the answer is I don't know. I, you, you know Heather, and Heather's the person to put that to. I just, uh, I'm just a consultant. I don't do the pricing of the projects. However, what, what I would say is it's going to be significantly lower. I would think that um, less than half. But I've not, done, um, a, a, I've not done a repeat project yet inside of pay factors. I've done them the old fat, the way we've done them previously prior to using this system, and there's no cost benefit to that. But now that we've got everything loaded into the system, what it will take, when you, when you come back to me, because in, in two years I'll be back, and so you say, hey, John, we're ready to do this again, the first thing I'll ask you for is that data like you gave me before, and we'll update all of the employees and get that current pay matched to um, all of the jobs that we have in the system. And then we'll update the market data, start producing reports.
0: Uh, This question might be for you. So uh, you would characterize what we've done here as a pretty comprehensive review of all the positions. And it's a a comprehensive uh,
11: review of of the wages across the state, correct? Yes, I think it's very comprehensive. So,
0: uh, are we in outlier in that case, or do we find many other uh, peer organizations engaging in this comprehensive review? I,
11: I think that there are, based on things that I've been seeing in emails from, regarding other HR professionals, I do think that there are. You know, a number of um, government entities that are doing a comprehensive review similar to ours, they may not be matching to the state of Colorado, they may be matching to specific entities, but I do think that um, they are going through it and I think it's unfortunately necessary given the economy and how specific, particularly the cost of living has gone up all across. uh, Colorado. I think people are scrambling to put it together. Also the, um, you know, the, uh, internal equity, um, and, and the new, you know, laws that, that are going into place. It's also important that people are, or businesses are scrutinizing their, uh, their pay systems and the compensation. So the interesting data point, which we won't
0: have for a couple of years will be, uh, do those organizations that engage in this comprehensive review and and adjustment to the salary schedule, uh, will they, uh, how will they fare in terms of recruitment and retention a couple of years out? Yeah. I mean, mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, yes, we are doing this. It's certainly an effort to be fair to our staff, which is an important thing. But from the taxpayers' perspective, uh, was this beneficial to the route county in terms of recruitment and retention of that staff? And I'm not even sure how you would go about measuring it. Turnover ratios would
11: probably be the the data point. Right. I mean, I I think whether we're in this economy or not, this was a really important project for route county to move forward on, particularly since we revamped all of our job descriptions. And now we know that what people, the work that people are um, doing matches their job description and now we're matching the pay to their job descriptions. So I think we have very good alignment compared to maybe, I, I don't wanna say we didn't before, but we, have rechecked everything. So that's another reason why I feel confident about this. As far as um, recruitment and retention, I can't predict that in this economy. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on any of that, John?
10: Um, <clears throat> uh, thank you, a few thoughts. Um, one is to your earlier point that this, the, the, because of the process that we followed, this is very easy to replicate and I think that's important just in terms of data stability and um, predictability for you as, uh, as commissioners to, to, to know that once you get this implemented, then it should be barring, you know, radical changes in the economy kind of steady as she goes. You know, you move it along and say, okay, we know we have good data and we know where we're at and we know how to apply our system. One of the things that you'll have to think about is – the changing nature of work with, with all of this, um, the COVID and so much, for example, the great resignation again, and where are people going and what are they doing? Um, right now, a lot of people want to get into remote work. I've, I've always been remote for the council, but um, there are a lot more people that are, um, are having an expectation that their employer will allow full or partial remote work. Um, and so you'll want to think about how that applies to you. And that's why right now, anytime you go anywhere in town, anything that's high touch where somebody has to be there and be present, um, there's always a help wanted sign up. Uh, probably any of your restaurants in town and, and any of the service industries where somebody has to, to be there and greet or somebody has to be there and do um, are, um, are struggling right now, either because people are concerned about COVID risk or, again, there's sort of the genies out of the bottle with regard to w- work from home. And a lot of organizations that thought they couldn't be successful working remotely are doing very well. And there's, you know, there's, there's puts and takes to what um, is a benefit to the company, such as reduced office footprint to the um, maybe a downside that because people don't um, meet around the coffee pot, they don't collaborate as much. And maybe because somebody's working remotely, they don't have that same identification that you know I sort of ride for the brand called Route County, and I'm very proud of that. As opposed to thinking, well, I work remotely and I can work for Route County or I can work for any county. Yeah, you know, I can work for a county in Alaska and stay right where I'm at. Um, so, so those are things that are to be seen. And then finally, you asked the question about, well, how do you measure um, retention and turnover? And so, um, there's a variety of ways to do that, but generally, what organizations do is they'll measure. Um, a, a straight number that says how many people left, you know, if we have hundred employees and 10 people left this year, then that's a 10% turnover rate. But then you can break that down and ask the question, all right, what do these people who of this 10, these 10 that left, what's their profile? How many of them retired? Because frankly, that's a good thing. Um, as part of your invo- employee value proposition that you can work for route County and you can be here for 30 years. We're going to be here for 30 years. And if you want to stay here and retire, you can do that. That sends a really good message. Um, and then you would also want to measure um, voluntary versus involuntary. So involuntary turnover would be you fired somebody. And then if you have too many of those, if you had 80 or 10 turnover were involuntary, then you'd want to step back and ask a question about uh, the recruiting process. How, how good are we at identifying what success looks like? Um, and then your voluntary turnover, you want to know, why would somebody leave a good organization where, and you think you have, you know, solid benefits, you've got a good work environment, you've got, um, you know, predictability of employment, you, you believe you're paying market wages, so why are they leaving? And, and that's a drill down from exit interviews and things like that that help you understand what, what people are thinking as to why they would voluntarily leave uh, Route County.
0: That's a great answer, John. Thank you for that. It seems to me that you've spent some time thinking about this, and it sounds like you have even suggested for us some uh, specific data points that we could track in the coming years.
10: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, those are kind of bread and butter. They're bread and butter items that you would look at in an organization. It's, It's one measure of employee health. Maybe um, engagement surveys or uh, workforce surveys, there's a lot of different terms, but trying to understand how and what your current workforce is thinking, what they value, what their concerns and their fears are. Um, Sometimes people call that a SWOT or strengths, uh, you know, weakness, opportunity, threat analysis from a labor standpoint. So, yeah, there's a lot of different things that that you can do to assess your um, employee health and, and Kathy knows this, that Jay as well, probably that you know there are resources within the council that you can reach out to um, as part of your membership, and and there are other schmucks like me that specialize in those areas.
0: And then I have one last question: um, we talked a little bit about uh, results, some of the very extreme outliers, and we raised some questions about whether we had really matched those positions mm-hmm. correctly. If you had any opportunity to think about that or, or, or any indication that we, we might want to look at just those few extreme outliers.
11: Um, I have, I, I do think we want to look at them. They have not been looked into yet. Um, and Jay and I have talked about some, some options if, we look at that and the data still looks very accurate. Then um, we we would propose we have some options that we would propose to you all as to how you want it to move forward. A couple of those
2: outliers were just had to make a judgment call on here's where that range is going to have to go because this, you know, if we go back to the one position we were focused in at the last meeting, um, we may want to take. That entry level spot because of what some of the qualifications are for some larger organizations, they make that entry spot to the midpoint. You know, and uh, adjust it that way and make a make a judgment call on it. And then when we there's going to be a couple of those, and then we're gonna have to revisit them when we when we update this because there's just going to be the practical side of it. But luckily, that's like a pretty pretty small number um, on those and the lower outlook flyers um, which came in real low uh, are mostly positions where people are, are working in right now and we're going to keep them whole on the salary side and include the cost of living increase and then you know that may be one which you know we look at next time around going what did we what miss on, on this I mean I think the, the real I mean the, the higher ones the, the real goal on this is to get those who are underpaid to spot where they need to be so we can be competitive in those those spots. And when you look at vacancies in the organization, some of them track pretty well with with where that's an issue. And and where that marketplace is changing so quickly. The broad category of law enforcement, that's a very obvious one right now going on what's going on statewide. I think our research shows that. So get people where they should be, deal with some of the outliers, but we're gonna be back dealing with this. We're not gonna have this fixed. For everyone and for every department, where it's going to be an ongoing
11: project We also, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, but the numbers that we are putting together are with people being in their existing staff. Um, we have not all altered that. And for there, there are positions though that are in a new pay scale because. Their their job title changed and they're no longer attached to that pay scale and we're putting them in the pay scale that's just above what what they what they would be making. I don't know. We'll share that with you, but we're not we're not moving people around at this point, like we had discussed at the last meeting.
1: Yeah.
2: Um... <laughs> you know, I, I guess there, there is one thing that I'm feeling a little uncomfortable with, and that is we're not going to be a full board and we'll get all this information.
0: No, I well, I think we still won't be making any decisions until after the first year. We
2: we should be able to get things inputted and ready to go, but we'll check back with the full board before that big cycle.
0: So have, you, have we considered what we would do if implementation of this adds up to a lot more
2: Yes. We talked about some options on that and how do we adjust. Okay. Obviously, when folks have gone up a, to a higher um, rate you know, and they're still getting their increase they could move back a couple of steps too. We don't want to do that, but that's also a way to at least get things implemented. So we've we've got some strategies we're hoping we're in good shape. We could carve 10% out of the, the payroll um, to implement this, but we'll see. I think we're getting, um, I'll hold
0: off on time, you know, how close we'll be. Yeah,
1: because yeah. I, mean, I mean,
0: think all of us are obviously in favor of implementing this fair
11: and equitable across the board, we have to be able to afford it. So
0: John, it has to be sustainable. It's not just affordable this year.
11: Right. I think I think um based on some of the positions uh, us keeping people whole, I, I will say that how it's how how we're discussing placing people, like maybe they may not because they're above market we need to look and see administratively how that fits into the unit budget process because we may have some complications there because we are putting we're, we're kind of handling some of these people in a special way that our software program it, it's not a good fit for our software program so that there, there is an administrative piece we'll we'll have to look at as well Um, John, since you're not going to be here for our implementation, I guess my question to you is, what do you have best practices for implementing and pitfalls that we should avoid uh, going forward for this implementation process?
10: Um, Yeah, good question. So I can give you a few pitfalls, and they're probably going to seem um, pretty obvious to you. The first one is about creating expectations and overpromising, um, you know, this is very personal when you think about employees and their pay. Not only is it a matter of um, kind of, for some people, it's self-esteem. How much money I make uh, can affect my self-esteem. But um, you know, the, the the if you create expectations, you'll just have people disappointed. Um, the second would be um, to. Um, to the extent that you can, um, I don't know, I guess would say buy some time. So um, if, if you're not sure <clears throat> on some changes that you're going to make, excuse me, <clears throat> if you're not sure about changes you're going to make, guessing is not a good idea because if you're wrong, it's hard to go back and undo pay. People don't like it when you say, I'm sorry, I gave you too much money um, type of thing. So um, if, you're, if you're unsure, what I, if I had a situation where I was unsure, I would say, all right, I'm going to give the base increase, and then I'm going to wait until I know I'm comfortable making any additional changes, whether that's um, an, you know, an equity adjustment um, for the lower end, the bigger challenge is at the higher end, what do you do there, because if you give a base increase, and your COLA, a step increase in a COLA, for example, then you may be exacerbating a problem. So if it were me and I had questions, that's where I would go first is my outliers that are high because I can always come back to the ones that are low and give them more money once I know I'm, I'm good and I've got, I'm very clear on my budget and I'm sure I've got to, to the commissioner's first point, make sure I have job matches that are right because that's a red flag. Whenever you're off, you want to know why and, and the first place to look are your job matches. But with everybody that's high or low, but in particular high, there's usually a story there. And if you dig, you'll find it. It might be that at one point they were a supervisor and it didn't work well. And so they went back to being an individual contributor, but nobody adjusted to pay back. It might be something like that. Or it simply could be um, because the um, of past compensation practices that the person just continued to get increases. And Kathy, you know, you and I have talked that Um, I didn't even know the pay of the employees, but when you told me what your system was, I said, you're going to have a lot of long tenure people because your system rewards tenure. And um, people get above-market increases um, once they're above that step six to catch up for maybe being starting a little lower in the market at steps, uh, you know, say, three, four, and five. So um, those are a couple of pitfalls. Then Now let's get into – the piece about communication, how you communicate this within the organization is important. Um, And you want to look to your past. How have you communicated in the past? And how much information have you shared? Would you tell somebody that, uh, an individual, for example, in the communication that you've just conducted a market survey and you've utilized the Employers' Council and we did this and we did that? Um, You want to, unless you want to make some massive change in your culture, I would encourage you to be consistent with your communications processes and methodologies. Uh, it's honest, do not deviate too much. So that, that would be number one. And then finally, the, the other pitfall is, um, no surprises. If for example, um, you, um, you normally communicate pay increases face to face, nobody wants to see their pay increase on their paycheck. So, um, Again, whatever whatever a surprise would be in the organization, either at an organizational level, a department level, or an individual, you want to you want to minimize that because surprises um, often cause um, unexpected reactions.
11: John, if we move forward and we decide that we're we're challenged in recruiting for some positions that um, historically we where we've paid over market and you know and and we're implementing this this new data that kind of brings us back to what the market is if we review those and we say hey we are going to need to to adjust these do you have a i guess a keep it simple approach for those so that we're not maybe randomly picking numbers? Do you have recommendations on how organizations do that?
10: They, um, again, it's, it's generally consistent with their culture, what they do. And there's a wide variety of, they'll, they'll bump the pay and then they'll, they'll, you'll create a compression issue if you hire somebody from the outside who has skills similar to somebody inside the organization and yet they make more money then that's the classic compression issue. And as much as we think people don't talk about their salaries, um, they do. And uh, so I think it's important to assume that no salary is a secret in an organization. But in terms of tactically, some things that that you could do, um, one is if you get in a position say six months from now and you go, wow, why can't we recruit for this position? If you think that it is a pay issue, then dive back in and get some current information on what the market's doing. You know, the council will have new surveys out. Most of them will be the the key ones for you. The public employers will be produced and published around May of 22. So, you know, you might want to take a look at that and just see how that compares to uh, the data to make sure that there hasn't been some just some radical shifts because one particular job, maybe like an IT job that is in such high demand that it's really pushed the market up. And if so, then you'll, you'll want to consider adjusting that. The challenge in an organization, it's easy for me to say it's harder to do, is one, where do you come up with the money? And then two, you know, what if it's just a blip? Maybe it's just a temporary shortage and you know, the market will go back down. And the answer is, um, how important is that position to you to the success of the organization? Can you do without it? Um, Or can you um, hire somebody with lesser skill level than what you would like? And then because that's all you can afford, and then you develop them internally. Um, The other thing to think about is, uh, and you and I've talked about this a little bit, Kathy, is um, the the county's strategy for employees. And in in terms of like the the step system and just overall, what's your approach? And is it that we want to hire people in um, maybe below market? knowing that we have really good benefits and they're going to have long-term employment with us and our system will reward them over time. As they stick with us, they'll get colas plus a step but then you know, that's a particular strategy, but right now that, that may, um, that may be a little bit um, opposite of the market right now, particularly at lower paid positions where people may, um, may not see being with route County as a career. think of maybe some some positions we've talked about like at the airport that are more entry level or just anything entry level that that um really a person may not view themselves as planning to be in that job and, and with the organization for 30 years thanks you may have to adjust your compensation there just to get the people hired and that's what a lot of organizations are having to do right now is is um is they're just paying what they have to pay in order to get those positions filled
3: so
11: you would go so so a premium for some, for some of those positions is acceptable and treating everyone else as uh, applying the market is acceptable
10: um, if if you pay somebody more coming in than what you're paying your current employees that that's going to create a compression issue straight money But then it creates um, an emotional issue when somebody who's been with the organization for a year, two years, three years, or maybe 20 years, uh, finds out that somebody came in with equal to or less than uh, the skill set they bring, and they're making more money. I mean, that's just fundamentally problematic. Some organizations use um, hiring bonuses, um, retention bonuses, um, but it – all of those have a potential downside with existing employees, because if you are wanting to retain a new employee, what are you going to do to retain your current employee? Are they more valuable to you than the new employee? So um, it's, it's a lot about messages that you send. However, what I would say is, um, finally, and that is that a lot of times organizations will conclude that it's always about money, that if we can't hire people, it's simply money. Again, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the great resignation. Everybody wants to work remotely now. That, that is almost on every candidate's mind is, can I work remotely? Um, but there are other things as well. I mean, you've got a, a commute or a work environment. Am I in the elements or out of the elements? Um, and then you'll know from your current employees, and if you were to do an engagement survey, how good are you at, at managing and leading those employees? Is this a really good organization to be with? Um, from a how how I feel as an employee perspective. So there's a lot of things to think about. But again, going back, just cycling back now, just putting my straight comp hat on instead of my HR hat, um, comp says uh, that you're going to want to um, continue to keep your finger on the pulse of the market and utilize those Employers' Council surveys to do that. Thank you.
11: Um, Any other compensation type things you all would like to hear talk about? Okay. Thank you for your time, John. Wishing you the best on your uh, your, your your next uh, 20 months.
10: Yeah, thank you. And then when I come back, hopefully we'll get to visit again. I enjoyed working with you and thank you for the questions uh, from the, the commissioners and, and all throughout the process uh, with you and Jay and others. And uh, we appreciate your membership with the Employers' Council. Thank you. Thanks. Take care.
11: Just for the record, I'm not in favor of bonuses. We
2: haven't even talked about no. And what?
11: Approach. What I and I would uh, What I I think. Uh, what I was asking if we could change something. I was like, you know, do we pick certain positions and pay those positions or treat those pay scales differently? Not individuals coming in like he was. Mentioning, it, just so you know.
2: Bonuses well, is right
0: issues. So. Sure. Well, let's not extend the conversation any more than we have to. I think Commissioner Melton's getting pretty anxious
3: to get going on. I'm just worried to we have the same conversation. I think we Yet. So yeah. I'm looking forward to actually moving forward on it. Tim likes
2: talking things Well, I sure did notice <laughs> uh, we had an increase in, in view. So it's obviously dirty. Very-
3: well, we're trying to um, bore them all by having the same conversation for times, <laughs> and then they won't be here when we actually make decisions. <laughs> All right. That's a joke.
0: If there's, <laughs> if there's uh, no more business uh, in front of us, we shall stand adjourned. Thank you all very much.